Welcome to Youthology Resources. Thank you for joining us. Hey, every week we bring to you a current topic in youth leadership, and this week is no different. So thank you once again. If you're new to us, you can join us on all kinds of formats. It's really simple too. If you go to our uh, social media and go to the spotlight, all you need to do is look at the link tree, and that will take you to all of our different formats. It'll take you to our YouTube page. It'll take you to the iTunes podcast. It'll take you to all of our social media, and it will also take you to youthology.com. And at youthology.com, we have all of our archives, all of our episodes, all of the topics that we've been doing this, uh, doing these uh, sessions on for the last two years. And uh, on top of that, a 14-year blog. So as a matter of fact, here's my commitment to you. If you go to our uh, website at youthology.com and you search for a topic in youth leadership or youth ministry and you don't find it, all you need to do is call me, text me, uh, or email me. All that information is on the website. Let me know and I guarantee you, listen, I promise to you that within the next 30 days, I will cover that topic, okay? So uh, thank you once again for joining us uh, on this latest episode. And where we're going is, uh, I want to bring to you two of the most asked questions as I travel in our Q&R sessions, our question response sessions. And what happens in these sessions is we uh, usually end uh, the coaching weekends or the summits or retreats with this time so that we can just kind of cover as many topics as possible. Uh, we don't usually go to a, uh, do a deep dive in these, but uh, you can imagine why. As we cover these topics, I've been thinking through, okay, what are the most uh, asked for topics to discuss? And it's really simple. These two rise to the top. Um, we've also dealt with uh, uh, sexual revolution and uh, human sexuality and those kind of things. That's that's right up there. I'll put that at number three. And uh, we, But we've dealt with that before, too, and um, spiritual disciplines. There's so many that we do. But they're, lately, for sure, these two questions have been asked. And so I want to cover them. And uh, the, the, you'll see that the second one fits perfectly with where we've been uh, at in the podcast in the last few weeks, okay? So, hey, question number one for this week. How do we do effective youth services? How do we do effective youth services? Or what is an effective youth service? Well, I guess if we're going to answer that question, we're assuming that you do youth services because I know there are different philosophies in different settings. You know, I, I have that opportunity to be in a small, medium, and large church setting every week, uh, every month. I have the opportunity to be in the, the, the urban, the suburban, and the rural setting every month. So I get to see different philosophies and models of youth ministry. And to be honest, that, that is a, uh, it's a blessing and it, uh, it can be uh, challenging at times too because I get to see healthy and unhealthy youth ministry. But what, uh, what I've found is that most people are doing a youth service. Well, the second question will kind of deal with, uh, with that a little bit too, but let me deal with the key elements for a successful youth service, okay? So I'm gonna give you uh, six of these, okay? Number one, relationship. Every youth, effective youth uh, uh, rally, 
you service has effective relationships. I mean, think about this. Our students are in a tech age. They are really the, the first digital natives. The millennials kind of, uh, most of the millennials grew up with that too, depending where you put their age range, 1980 to 98 or whatever, right? But if you look at the Gen Z today, 1998, 1999 to 2013, those 15, 16 year old, the teenagers today, they are for sure, without a doubt, the first digital natives. And what that can cause is a disengagement and a disconnect. And so what, what, I, what I really believe that we need to do in youth ministry is to make sure that relationship at every level of the youth ministry is, is solid. The second thing for an effective youth service is worship. And what I mean by this is a response to presence, a response to his presence. What are our youth services if we are not allowing students time to respond to God. This is critical because in so many settings that uh, worship is not done. And, and I don't just mean music. Uh, what about fine arts? What about all the fine arts and the gifts and the skill sets and the talents that the students have? Spoken word, poetry, art, drama. There are so many different settings that uh, students can be used in to bring about worship. But hear, hear me, we, we can't be gathering as a youth ministry and not having worship. That's critical. As a matter of fact, I don't believe we even need to teach our kids uh, how to worship. I think we need to teach our kids how to worship God. They already worship, right, themselves and icons and their bay and their bestie. They, all, they know how to worship. What we have to do is to teach them how to worship God. Okay, all right, so number one was relationship. Number two is worship, and number three is theology. You know, if you look at the stats that 33% of teenagers in our churches can only name half of the Ten Commandments, we have a problem, especially that 4% of Gen Z in America, all Gen Z, have a Christian worldview. Both of those stats are from Barna, in their recent uh, 2018, February 2018 study. And one of the things that, we've, that we're, we're learning is that theology over the last two decades has gone down and from the, really, if you go back to three or four decades from Gen X to, Gen, uh, to, to millennials and now to Gen Z, the theology, the worldview has, has shrunk in every generation. And so that it's 4% in Gen Z today. So theology is, it is a critical part of an effective youth ministry. Uh, number four, prayer. Wow. I'm going to put the spiritual disciplines in here. I said to all of our students, and many of you have heard me say this, as a youth leader, if my students leave the youth ministry after one year or two years, or if they've been in youth ministry from middle school through, through high school, if they leave the youth ministry and they do not know how to pray, they do not know how to read their Bible. They do not know how to share their faith or fast. If they don't understand the spiritual disciplines, I've failed them. I mean, what are we doing in youth ministry, right? So critical to an effective youth service is uh, prayer. Allowing, not just leaders praying over students, but teaching students how to pray and respond to the presence of God. Number five. So number one was relationship. Two is uh, worship. Theology is number three. Prayer and the spiritual disciplines are 
number four. And number five is uh, creativity or bumpers and walk-ups, walk-up videos. How easy today. You can go to Vimeo, YouTube, um, right now media. There are so many different places for you to find creative videos. And, you, and, and to be honest, just ask your students. Your students could create walk-ups or they could create trailers for your messaging, right? So many of them could just walk right into this. It would be easy for them, okay? And so that, that was, uh, th th those six things, look, look for those kind of things, okay, in, in, in effective you service. Okay, let me cover question number two. And that goes along with what we dealt with last week in a presence-based youth ministry. And so number two is, uh, the number two question is, what is the balance between the spiritual and the natural, you know, the, the play and the pray, uh, games and, you know, that kind of thing, creativity and youth ministry and uh, small groups and breaking that up. Is there a balance there and what does that look like? Okay. So last week we dealt with a presence-based youth ministry and we defined that. And what we mean by that is really simple. Whether you have programs and games and all of the other stuff, does it allow for the presence of God? Because if all of our programming, whatever you do in your programming, if all of that does not allow for response, and it doesn't allow for presence, then why are we doing it? See, the church is not just a uh, parachurch organization. The church is not just the YMCA. We're not the Salvation Army or Big Brothers, Big Sisters, okay? The church of Jesus Christ is supernatural. And if all we're doing is programming and all we're doing is uh, putting together presentation, but we never get to presence, then, then we're, we're missing a major part of Christianity. You know that our students are supernatural. They are drawn to the supernatural. Right now, there are no less than 33 movies out on the supernatural, movies and television shows. Our, our students, it's one of the traits of millennial and Gen Z, uh, of the millennial and the Gen Z set. So uh, we, we can't miss out on that. So let me give you some ideas for uh, the balance in programming and presence by asking you uh, three questions here. Question number one, what good are our programs if they do not develop theology? Okay, what good are our programs? Whatever you decide are your programs, okay? What good are our programs if they do not develop theology in our teenagers? And if you look at the last two decades, you would have to say that this rise in programming in youth ministry is not working. Listen, I know that we can blame the family and the family has its part. It, it's central to all of this is the family. No question about it. But the church has a responsibility too. And if we, all we do is programming, then we are missing a critical element of uh, successful youth ministry. So number one, in your programming, okay, if you, if you slide to, toward programming, is it developing theology? Number two, is your programming developing response? Okay, whether that's worship or whether that's prayer or whether that's conversation that's going back and forth. Because I know what happens in most, hear me, most youth ministries, small groups are not healthy. I know I get kicked back and I can sense the tension in the room, okay? I'm okay with the temperature rising. Because oftentimes what happens is 
we say that we're doing a small group based ministry because we want to teach kids theology and whatever and right but we know what's happening we have leaders who are talking 80 and 90 percent of the time i'm in these i watch these settings all the time and i do effective youth ministry uh, small group training and oftentimes leaders will say man i've never talked about that with our leaders so if if the leader's talking 80 to 90% of the time and the students are talking 10 to 20% of the time, that's not effective small groups, right? And another part of this, question number two, is if my small groups are not creating um, you know, a response, then what that looks like is I don't have worship in my small groups. I don't have presence in my small groups because I know some of you will go back to, that, to this whole area of presence and say, listen, Programming can be presence. I agree 100%, but it doesn't always happen. <laughs> be honest with ourselves. It does not always happen. I've been in those settings. It should, but it doesn't. And so we have to be careful with that. Let me give you the third question that I, um, with your uh, program-based uh, ministry. If, if, you're do, if you're doing this program-based ministry, how well have you trained your leaders? Because leadership development is is more important than you think if you're going to go do program because now whether it's the game or, or, or you know the pre-event the worship the sermonette the response at the end with the small groups it, it, it you may be ready as a youth leader you may be knowing what's going on as a youth leader but if your leaders don't then and they're not trained well in small group principles okay or how to meet students in the pre-event and get to know their names and ask their stories and find out what school they go to or to say goodbye at the end instead of all leaders sitting together or standing up in the back. If we're not training our leaders in a program-based setting, then they're not connecting with the students and we're not building relationship, okay? Um, final question, number four in this, in this area is, are our programs leading to decisions? Okay, disciples. Okay, not just converts and not just fans or spectators. Because oftentimes in a program-based ministry, we evaluate ministry by how many kids came, whether they had fun, whether the game went off smooth and our flow was good, right? Th listen, that is not a, a good assessment or measurement of a small group. What about our decisions? Our decisions being made and go back to all of those theology and, and response and worship in those settings and trained leaders, all of that, okay? I know you sense the negativity toward small groups from me. It's not, maybe it's there because I'm so strong with the presence base, but hear me. If you're going to do it, make sure that the presence is more important than the presentation in, in that setting. Okay, so hey, I hope this has been helpful. Two important questions, how to do effective youth, minist youth ministry services and this balance between program and presence-based youth ministry. Uh, listen to last week in our... Uh, in our uh, series, we covered the presence-based um, youth ministry last week. Okay, so once again, thank you for joining us at Youthology Resources. You know how to find us, okay? You know where to find us. If you go to our social media, you can uh, click the link tree and it'll take you to all of our formats, okay? Or just go to youthology.com. Everything's on there too. Hey, have a great week. We'll be back with another topic uh, next week on Youthology Resources. And if you like that beat, I do. So let the beat take us.